everyone, and welcome to the 44th episode of Slime Time, an official Dragon Quest Dragon Ten podcast. This is Platy M3. And this is Liam Land. Platy, you're back from vacation early. Er, uh, yeah. Uh, my visit to the Caribbean was excellent. Hey, wait a minute. You didn't go to the Caribbean, and you sound an awful lot like Pendy. Would you believe I'm Yuji Hori? Oh, no, I'm not going to fall for that one again. No, 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 no. You're definitely Pendy. Or an extremely accurate Pendy impersonator. I'm, I'm guessing Platy's still on vacation? I'm the new Platy M3 now. Bow to your new god! <laughs> uh, uh, just kidding. Yeah, I'm, I'm filling in while Platy is on uh, vacation. <laughs> Alright, that's right everyone. Platy M3 is off in the wilderness getting some much needed vacation time. He's probably off on some great adventures right now. And coincidentally, our guest has been on some great Dragon Quest adventures. That is true. Uh, we've got another exciting episode for you today. We'll be talking with Brady from YouTube and Twitch, who will be telling us details about uh, his trip to Dragon Quest Island in Japan. Welcome to the party, Brady. Welcome, Brady. G'day, fellas. How's it going? It's going great. Um, so just a short comment before we start about Pendy's whereabouts. Uh, Pendy is actually recording from the Middle East. Uh, and Pendy, can we, can we, uh, sorry, I, I probably should have asked if we could share that comment and that's not going to put you in any. No, 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 no. <laughs> just I'm, not, I'm that's classified information. <laughs> I, I'm in the military. I'm in deployed in the Saudi, I'm deployed in Saudi Arabia. It's, it's nothing secret. <laughs> but yeah, that's where right. I'm, I'm, I'm recording from a tent. <laughs> All right. So if, if the connection cuts out a little bit, we'll we'll try to work with it. Um, but that's uh, that's just a little disclaimer ahead of, ahead of time. Um, and all right. So getting to know uh, our guests uh, before we talk about the Dragon Quest Island attraction, uh, we have a few uh, questions for you, Brady. So uh, yeah. tell us um, how you found yourself living and touring in Japan and working on a YouTube channel. Yeah. So my my wife Kelsey moved to Japan four years ago from Australia. Um, we met in Australia, and when we met, she'd already planned her move to Japan, and I had already planned to move to Sweden. So she moved to Japan four years ago, and I moved to Sweden. And then after a bit of long distance, got a bit tough, so I decided to leave Sweden and come to Japan. So that's how I found myself living here. Um, Kels, she she graduated university with a film degree. So to put that to use, she decided to channel her passion, which is anime and coffee and and amusement parks, and channel channel that energy along with her film degree, into making YouTube content. Wow, that's amazing. So you've been to, uh, and just looking at the YouTube channel, um, which we'll link to in the show notes, you've been to quite a few um, different uh, theme park attractions throughout Japan, which we'll, we'll get to in a bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, Pendy, you had you had something as well. You wanted oh, to yeah. Ask. I, was, I was wondering, do, do you or Kelsey, do you speak much Japanese at all? I can order a coffee. Um, <laughs> Kelsey's... Kelsey's really the Japanese speaker of the two of us. She she also studied that at university and wow. did a six month exchange here. So so she takes care of everything Japanese and she doesn't give herself enough credit. She's actually quite quite amazing at it, but she'll say she's average. <clears throat> nice. mm. um, so when, when you go to an event like this, uh, uh, where there are other events nearby, do you typically kind of cram several into one day or travel, travel back another time? Typically we'll travel back another time in the in the case of the Waji Island and the Dragon Quest Adventure Park 
Um, there are a few other things there that we've gone back to at another time simply because it is too much to do in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but for things in Osaka like a cafe and a themed restaurant, we'll probably do both of those in the one day just because it's more accessible. Makes sense. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so less time consuming, really. You know, a coffee yeah. takes 20 minutes, so. Yeah, totally. It's more gotcha. efficient that way. Mm. Gotcha. So have you played much Dragon Quest yourself, or is that mostly what Kelsey is into? And uh, if not, what drew you both into that event going to a Wagey Island? Unfortunately, I I don't know really anything about Dragon Quest other than seeing its merch around. There's a lot of Dragon Quest merch here in Japan because it's so popular. Um, Kels, we got Switches a little while back, and Kels saw the game and thought it would be cute. And she recently, very recently, got into the Dragon Quest game for the Switch. And then uh, we got the notification that Dragon Quest Adventure Park was opening, and it was just, it was a perfect coincidence. That's great. Um, do yeah. you know which which Switch game? Um, was she playing 11 or Builders or? 11. I want to say 11. We saw the reviews of Builders and then decided to swing for 11. Cool. Yeah, Builders is, Builders is a lot of fun as well. Um, mm. But yeah, 11, 11 is a really good starting point because it's kind of like a, um, it's like an homage to a lot of the earlier games. Yeah. Um, in, in a lot of way. And then, and it just it does it with such a, a dramatic flair and yeah. really kind of ties it in with quests that feel very, uh, very D and D in a lot of ways. So. Yeah. I've been, I've watched her play it, you know, over a shoulder and it does seem like a nice entry point into the series where it's not throwing you in to the deep end. Again, I don't yeah. know much about Dragon Quest, but you know, some games of the RPG type really, really throw you in off the bat. So looking at this right. one, it looks like a nice starting point. No, it, yeah. is, it is, is recommended as one of the, the a very good game to start off with if you want to get yeah. into the series. Yeah. And 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 you personally now you're that makes your starting point in the series, Dragon Quest Island. Yes. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Literally so get... my first interaction with anything Dragon Quest. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, so for, first off, I want to say um, you and Kelsey did an amazing uh, and excellent job filming the experience. Uh, to anyone listening right now, if you haven't already seen it, just pause the podcast for a bit and check out uh, the link to the video in our show notes. Um, it's about it's, it's roughly about 15 minutes long, and it kind of takes you through the whole journey of what it's like to go there. Um, so uh, first, I guess let's just start with some of the basics that we learned from watching the video. Um, so like Dragon Quest VR, uh, there is an English language option, uh, which is amazing. Um, you also can create your own character and name your character as well. So when you guys were uh, creating your characters, if you don't have enough characters, do you get to pick the character classes of the NPCs? When you're given the full party of four? Unfortunately, you're not. Um, uh, it just auto-selects that to make it a, a full, robust party. So okay. um, at the park, Kelsey went a mage and I went a warrior. So we were we were left with the thief and the martial artist, I think it was. Okay. I wonder um, if that's randomized or... It could be um, randomized. Yeah, because that, I mean, that does strike me like the, the typical, like traditional uh, Dragon Quest, like party starting with three was usually like the, the, so the balance party would be like a soldier, a priest and a mage. Yeah. Um, so the fact that they chose like uh, two kind of random um, classes mm. make it make it kind of interesting and a, a little bit more uh, um, uh, a little bit more luck to it. Mm. Yeah, And I, I noticed from the video that you're given badges to tap on various touch points. 
which typically gives you an item. But it seems like your party is only allowed to collect from uh, one touch point at a time or something like that. Yeah, so there were there were a handful of different touch points. Um, so there were hidden medallion touch points, chest med- chest chest touch points, and quest touch points. Um, the medallion ones we jumped the gun a bit on that. That was meant to be for a quest later on. But um, and then there was the the secrets. So the secrets and the medallions tied in together. And yeah, you could only get them once per person but uh, it accumulated to the party's goal and later on we found out the more the individual um collected the medallions and the secrets the more points they got towards the end so i think of the 15 kelsey got nine and i got six so she won the points race had oh, i have known interesting. yeah had i have known yeah. i definitely would have nudged her out of a few <laughs> i don't like funny. to lose and she holds so, that kind of stuff over my head <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's co-op but it's like secretly competitive yeah yeah you get you get a list of information at the end so like um kels did more damage but i got more critical hits but mm-hmm. because she found more medallions she was the overall party leader oh yeah um, the mini medals yeah, that's it. Yeah, the mini yeah. medals. Yeah, that's a that's been a collecting uh, mechanic that's been a staple in the Dragon Quest series ever since um, Dragon Dragon Quest Four uh, for the Famicom. Awesome. I was yeah. while we were doing these things, I was actually quite curious to know how much has actually been taken from from past games and present games mm-hmm. and implemented into the adventure park. So it's really cool to know that that's actually been a thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, honestly, in watching the video. Um, all of it has yeah. at some point come from a game um, yeah. or just been like a long kind of standing tradition that's just been advanced over time. Mm. Um, even the character designs, they all appear in the game at some point, like the, the bullhead helmet guy and like, yeah, um, yeah, those are a lot of that content is reused. Um, uh, and yeah, so it, it's, uh, it's an interesting, uh, it was, it was a really interesting time to just kind of watch through, watch the video and really kind of feel like you were there. Yeah. Um, and even so, though I've never played like a Dragon Quest game before, I'm very big into to RPGs as a genre. So like one of the medallions was hidden in a, in a jar and like, you had to put your hand in the jar to ding yeah. it. And it just went, if this was Zelda, you'd have to break that open or if oh, this yeah. was another game. It just, yeah, it was have still that such too. an exciting thing to, to live out, whether you're a Dragon Quest fan or not. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was uh, seven was the one I think where you pick up pots yeah. and you can throw them. But uh, um, yeah, they, they have a lot of that kind of hidden stuff where you go in and you look into, you go into the person's house and you look, look in their drawers <laughs> and like <laughs> steal stuff from them not a breach like, of privacy at all yeah and then they just kind of stand around and like don't notice that you're you're doing that somehow <laughs> yeah well, it was um, funny it was funny how in 11 they actually had some jokes where there was a couple people in towns that where like if you went into a cupboard or, or broke one of their jars they like hey what are you doing Which <laughs> yeah oh yeah definitely and they they uh, you know that brave hero yoshihiku uh tv show in japan which is basically a spoof on on dragon quest in general but they actually like lift the main character design from five mm-hmm. um they have uh at least one joke where they go into someone random's house and they're picking up pots and breaking them and then like the person's just like sitting there at the table like just not paying attention to them <laughs> it's <was> fantastic <laughs> it's such a great little show 
uh, an homage. Um, so so they, they show you a video that you're not allowed to film. Um, and now that's pretty standard for events like this. I remember that from the yeah. Dragon Quest Museum and from uh, the Dragon Quest The Real event. Um, so do you remember the context of that video? And can you describe what you saw? Yeah. Uh, so there are a few videos that you're not allowed to, or scenes that you're not allowed to film throughout the park, which we didn't. Mm-hmm. We yeah. were very respectful of that. Um, and it's essentially just an outline of the story um, about why we need to help, who's attacking, and and so on and so forth. Um, to which I can kind of remember the storyline of it, but I can't remember any names, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So there's the big bad boss purple dude. Yeah, I think that's he was Zoma. purple. Zoma, that that's was it. Zoma, yeah. Yep. He's the uh, the main boss from Dragon Quest Three. Oh wow! So he so he's not a staple of all of them, just from three. No, he's actually he's in three. He's in uh, Heroes, which is the Musou game. Yep. He's in. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure he's in quite a few of the mobile titles, but he's also in the VR, um, okay. which I did in, in Shinjuku um, back in the day. And Pendy, you did the VR too, or yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, he's in he's in that as the final boss as well. Just Dragon oh, Quest man. just happens to be one of the most popular uh, of them all in Japan. Hand, so he shows up in a lot of other side stuff. Okay, I see. I did. I got to tell you though, he was he was brutal in Heroes, um, and he used no cakewalk in the VR either. I I, uh, I know I went in I went in uh, alone on that one. I was with the st- I had a staff priest that they gave me just out of pity because I was the only one there. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, he was. We did not win. We did. We got oh, up to him. We got up to him, and it was cool. And there was like a character cameo in there. I won't I won't spoil in case anyone uh, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, wants to wants to do that someday, but he was not uh, easy. He was he was he didn't he didn't have the kid gloves on when we faced yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, and by then yeah. you're you're swinging the sword around. You're sweating. You're you know like I'm at the time I was in my late thirties, so it's like oh man, I, I'm not in good shape. I'm a new dad. <laughs> I'm not, I was tired after the first battle with slimes, and now I'm fighting Zoma and getting my ass handed to me. But yeah, it, it was kind of like that in Heroes as well, where okay. he was a he was a bonus boss towards the end. He was like one of the three extremely difficult bonus bosses. And you got the people on YouTube being like, ah, no sweat. Here we go. Beating Doma. You know, like, like it's nothing. And then when, like, Platy and I both rage quit <laughs> this game based on that, on that character. So, yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's, he's, uh, pretty brutal. I went, like, did you guys end up winning? Oh, yeah, we did. But, um, it sounds like what we did at this adventure park is more, uh, rigged to win, I guess you could say. Or it's okay. more set up that you that you win it's, but in saying yeah, that we, friendly yeah we hit every critical hit we did every, like every hit was a perfect so i i do oh, wonder nice. if if we didn't do it like that and we just let zorma hit us without us attempting to fight is there actually a lose story in this it'd be uh, interesting i don't know yeah I, w- I would assume there is a win-lose situation but maybe it's stacked in this case and stacked more yeah. to be a little bit more family friendly yeah like you, um, you're not allowed to like you can't just walk into the park and then go fight Zoma. You'll you'll be um you'll be told you need this item before you can face him. You need this item. Right, right, right. Him. So yeah, they definitely stack it in your favor. Yeah. Well, that you have those items before you go in there, right? Or can you go in there ahead of time just get creamed by him? Uh, couldn't tell you. So I mean, uh. we had the items. Before yeah, that makes sense. Made sure of that. Yeah. So I don't know if you can actually go in and get absolutely slaughtered by him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, maybe someday I'll find out. 
um, so you you have you you have quests that go you go around and you help the townspeople to get money and, and equipment. Um, how exactly did you help them? Was it mostly like fetch quests or finding touch points and then returning to the NPC? Yep. So and this is this ties back into what I was saying about how I didn't know anything about Dragon Quest, but it felt like I was living out my RPG fantasies because it's definitely like um, an introduction to an RPG. You know, when mm-hmm. you start a game that's so so big and vast like dragon quest you know your first quest is go fetch these onions for me and right. bring them back and that's <laughs> that's exactly what the first quest was one of the yeah. patrons of the town had lost his leeks i think it was that he wanted huh. to make for his um father-in-law because he was sick so you have to go around the park looking for the correct chests Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you find them, you return them, and then you have to. The next quest is with the garrison captain, and you have mm-hmm. to go find um, all of the weapons for the armory. So it's it's definitely it grades up. So once you mm-hmm. find the armory one, they can better equip you, and then you get to go fight the monsters out in the forest. Um, so it's definitely like a a tier quest story path thing that's cool mm. it was a lot of fun too again it was just i was having a blast kels actually filmed a lot of this one just because i was having too much fun living out my rpg dreams yeah so. yeah that, that that's one of the things i i i saw at the, towards the end of the video too you, you mentioned that like this was out of all the theme parks you've been to this is one of your favorite and this is yep. your first um introduction to dragon quest which is pretty amazing yeah um the actual the slime onions um mm-hmm. those are new for this event they're not in any game the the slime traditionally is and they have variations on that throughout the games but yep. the onion the onion version of the slime and the king slime and do you know um, why it's the onion uh my wife was saying that it's because that's their specialty the awaji island specialty yep. for uh farming yep absolutely awaji is very proud of their onions um so all of the merchandise there well not all of it but some of the merchandise there was onion themed so you could get an onion slime hat or plushie or something and outside of the dragon quest you know if you go to let's say a hello kitty cafe on the island they'll have hello kitty with an onion or something (laughs) like that it's just that's cool they really tie in their onions into everything on that island that's it's awesome like you, it's like if you went to idaho in the united states and everything would be potato themed that's funny <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that potato slime and i yeah, think potato or, slime there we go <laughs> or suckers is like it's um yucky tori i think it is mm. the octopus mm-hmm. so if you're looking for merch there they'd probably have a dragon quest octopus yucky tori thing so mm. they really like to do that here in japan yeah that's cool. Um, so, uh, so we know the park uh, opened in twenty twenty one at uh, Nijigen no Mori, an outdoor theme park at Awajishima Pre- Prefectural Park on Awaji Island. Yeah, we saw uh, some of the other videos that featured like Godzilla and Naruto at the park. Uh, the common theme seems to be, and it's a, it's a kind of an, an adventure park. Were there any other themed attractions in the same park besides those? Yep. So at Nijigen no Mori, there's there's, as you said, the Godzilla and the Naruto. The Godzilla one is fairly new as well. I believe that opened early this year or late last year. Um, the Naruto Park, the new Dragon Quest, and there's Crayon Shinchan, which is more of a oh, kid's one. Yeah. Um, so, And they are all adventure-style parks. I believe... Now, I haven't done my research on this, 
but the the government that oversees um, Awaji Island actually want to turn the entirety of this area of Awaji Island into theme parks and adventure parks. So they're finally rolling these things out. So we're keeping our, our eye on Awaji because it's, you know, just growing and there's going to be new attractions attractions like this in the future as well nice so do you have to pay for them separately or does like you get you pay for like the entire park so the the park itself is free there are other things on the park um there's a nighttime walk which is like 1.5 kilometers i don't know how far that is in miles um that you do at nighttime and there's a art light show display there there's a giant grass field where you can just go for a picnic so the park itself is free the attractions you have to pay for separately gotcha gotcha mm, wow. yeah um I, the significance as well of dragon quest uh having a, a theme park in, in awaji is because the series creator yuji hori is actually from there i see i didn't yeah. know that <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I feel like that's something I should know. Well, if anyone didn't know that before, now you do. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so you know, while you were on Awaji Island, did you and uh, Kelsey get to see the Dragon Quest statue that was erected in 2017 to commemorate the uh, the 30th anniversary? Nope. That's another thing that we had no idea existed. Yeah, I think um, that, that was erected ahead of time because he's from there. Yeah. Um, and lo- so. looking that up, is that the sword and shield yes. one? Yep. Yes. Ah, yep. so that, yeah, that's by it. the looks of it, that's not actually at the park itself that must no, be somewhere not. else on the island no it's it's in the this, i think it's i'm guessing it's in the section of town closer to where yuji hori is from and yeah. i think where they ended up putting it yeah yeah i was i was actually in osaka myself a few years ago and i missed out on seeing it myself mm-hmm. um i did get to go see the dragon quest event that they had at universal studios at the time though which was that's nice. awesome it's no that's longer awesome. there, but it was it was it was pretty cool it's probably it's probably where mario is now <laughs> yeah it could be so what was that like a dragon quest land there or was it like a one-off that, ride yeah it was like a one-off kind of ride it was it was a kind of semi virtual reality and they had like physical creatures and, and events and stuff like that that you went through and you fought like you fought a bunch of people and and then i think it was zoma again at the end <laughs> Uh, and, and then uh, and that kind of thing and then they had like you know little food booths and, and merchandise but it was more of a one-off type of deal um i was at i was actually at that event too uh i think the final boss is actually dragon lord if i remember correctly oh was it okay it's been so long now <laughs> yeah because i that's one i actually i actually ended up winning uh my wife was the sage i was the gladiator and we had we went in with a group so we had a full party of four which is like just two other uh tourists with us oh yeah there was so there were so many people that would go to that the lines for that were insane yeah. i remember i ended up doing it twice we won i think we won both times and i was i was uh, a priest the first mm-hmm. time but yeah i remember there's a killing machine was in there there's all sorts of stuff that was nice yeah yeah oh yeah that's right there was it was a killing machine it was an animatronic yep. so some of the stuff would be on screen and some of it would actually be like you know some kind of nightmarish chucky e. cheese monster coming out at you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a mixture of, of a physical and VR. It was interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. That sounds horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because when they would do stuff like with the animatronic stuff, it was really large, and it would be like it would be like moving towards you kind of thing. Like, or like it, it was really well done. Yeah. Um, and the lighting was like all dark and everything, and they they had smoke kind of pouring out of uh, everywhere to make it more kind of uh, yeah. just to just to give it that kind of uh, environment. Yeah. So, all right. So, where are we here? Um, so, you you, uh, you pass on the uh, the Onion King slime popcorn bucket at one point. Did you guys happen to snag one or two later? We did pass that, and I think in the video we said 
we'll have to come back and get this. We got too caught up in the story. <laughs> we, we really got too caught up in, in playing the game that by the yeah. time we, we finished the adventure, it yep. was a little after lunchtime and we were starving for some real food. So yeah, yeah. it just slipped our mind and we never went back. <laughs> they actually had the same they had the same at the real event they had those but they were the uh, the regular king slime the blue version yeah um so it's cool to see that they just they kind of reused the model for that and then just uh did it up with like the onion slime colors yeah. just turn it really into awesome. an onion yeah <laughs> and i saw that uh, some of the chests were locked and you couldn't get in did you have to find like a special like thief's key or something somehow or was there another way to unlock various chests at the at the event yeah so some of the chests were quest locked um so i i talked about the the garrison commander's quest was you had to go find some equipment so you know those chests you couldn't unlock until the garrison commander gave you a key um others were locked um just due to we didn't buy the full package when we went in so there's a there's your standard adventure and then there's um, your bonus quest adventure, which is an extra thirty or forty dollars per person. So it was just uh, a little bit too expensive for us. Wow, there was um, DLC. There was DLC. <laughs> yep, there was pay to win content. God. I'm sure. <laughs> Got a hand to them to stick that gotcha in there. That gotcha yeah, element. Yeah, they had to, didn't they? <laughs> but Amazing. so some some of the some of the chests were were locked due to us not paying for the extended version that's hilarious um oh, yeah. but i think Sign next time we, yeah next time we go back we'll get the full version because i really i really want to see what it was about yeah and with the full version you get some goodies as well like um there was a father and a son that were in the line in front of us and they got the full version and both of them ended up with a dragon quest uh raincoat like a um poncho sorry oh cool um Which they got a was... special folder they got a that, shield the uh the raincoat was helpful that day because it was raining in the video <laughs> yep it would have been helpful i wish you had a, had that forethought honestly <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> umbrellas for the people who bought the upgrade yep yeah they got umbrellas as well they got little wow. little carry bags so yeah i guess the 40 dollars is just to uh all that extra goodies plus the access key to unlock more chests i guess yeah now could you could you could one of you have gotten it and then like you, you so kelsey buys the the extended package and you uh and you don't is that a possibility mm, i don't believe so she would have had to do all of the extended stuff by herself even though we're part okay. of the same party it would have yeah okay but that the makes key, sense the interesting thing about this which you know which is going to draw people back is that you get to keep your key and it's it's essentially a USB safe file. Oh, so that's cool. In a year's time they might change up the quest and we can go back and they'll have a separate quest line for returning adventurers. Oh, so wow, it's your save little, data. Yeah, it's your save data. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's and that's the first time I've ever seen that in an adventure park before as well, yeah. which adds to that, I guess, the replayability, you could say, yeah. of the adventure Yeah, definitely. Park. Yeah, that, oh, that's that's really cool. Huh. That's very much like the game too, you know, you the, you, you return and you, you can quest on and, and build yep. your characters up. Yep. Um, did you did you have, you had level building in, in with your characters? Do you remember what levels you were? Uh, oh, I mean, you start level one and then I think it goes nine, 18. I think that's the way it functions. You don't actually It doesn't go control, one, two, three, four. No, you don't control your step-by-step -step leveling, unfortunately. Oh, okay. I think that would... Slow it down way mm -hmm. too much, um, especially <laughs> this, for, for they limit the grinding. 
Yeah, they limit the grinding. Yeah. <laughs> How very un-Dragon Quest-like. <laughs> um, so were the items easy to find, or were they kind of obvious in your opinion? Did you get the sense that there was stuff you missed by not scrutinizing everywhere? Um, I think for avid gamers, such as myself and for others who go there, that you'll pick up the flow of the questing and the finding things after about 10 or 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the average person, I, I think it would actually be quite challenging because they've not made all of it obvious. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something that looks like a box is a box. You touch it, it's a box, but they don't hint that you can lift the lid of the box. You have to you have to test that yourself. If you walk past it, you'll miss it. Mm. Um, Interesting. They do have wizards around the town that you get a one-off question for them to assist you. Oh, okay. So if you're really stuck on finding something, say you've got 14 or 15 out of the medallions and Mm -hmm. you don't know where that 15th is, um, one of the wizards will tell you, they'll write it on your report card and you cannot get any more assistance at all. Oh, okay. So it's a physical person. It's not like an NPC. Yep. It's a physical person. Which is really cool because they're dressed up. They've got the purple hat. They've got the purple robes, and they walk around, and it's it adds life to the town. That's cool. Nice. So, how does the uh, equipment work? Were there a lot of options to customize the look of your character? Uh, the only customization that you can do is selecting your character at the start. Everything else is automated, unfortunately. Um, so when we when you finish a quest and level up and go get your equipment, and you go talk to the blacksmith at the shop. There is like a video scene of them talking to us, but we don't actually have any control over the equipment we get. They just go, um, the recommended <laughs> looks best for the money you've got, so we'll give you that. Oh, gotcha. all right. That's yeah. interesting. So again, just to just to speed things up, I think. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Mm. Um, so w- what was up with that one room where you opened the door and there was just someone's underwear hanging? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if this is a returning character. His name's Robin Hoods. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. He, it's his hideout sauna room. Sorry, his hideout sauna oh, room. Oh, okay. So, wow. Yeah, Rob, Robin Hoods is, um, he's part of the DLC, I guess we'll say. Okay. Uh, so, he's got his own quest line that you can do if you buy the the extended past. Is it? Uh, is it? <laughs> Is it like you have to get his underwear? <laughs> I hope not. I didn't want to touch it. <laughs> but that yeah, was, was curious. Sauna room. Wow, that was an actual thing. So then, yeah, I was curious. I was like, did someone just like prank the park and just throw their underpants into this one door? Oh god, maybe it is. Imagine I go back next time and it's not actually there. And yeah, right. up saying, please don't leave your underwear here. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's a popular character that shows up in a lot of side games too. That's funny. I see. Yeah. 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 I I only just realized doing some research today about it. Like I didn't realize the name Robin Hoods is a play on Robin Hood. I just it was just went right over my head. <laughs> There's a, quite a few puns in the in the series that uh, sometimes they hit like joke grenades and you don't see them at first and then you're just kind of sitting there and then all of a sudden you're like oh that's what that is. Our our slime assistant in the game or at the park sorry was just kept on making goo and ooh and slime jokes in every single sentence and it was yeah. it was so funny yeah <laughs> so i also noticed that uh when you were fighting the various enemies that they wanted you to strike various poses did mm-hmm. that affect the battles or or was it just a way of you having to uh having them interact more in the fights bit of both um under my belief i haven't done any 
research onto it, but there are games like that just outside of Dragon Quest where... Do you remember iToy? And you had to strike the correct pose? Yes. Yes. So, that. yeah, one of those things. So if you strike the correct pose, you get a critical hit. Um, if you uh, don't strike... You, so you still hit if you don't get the pose oh, correct. Oh, okay. Um, and you'll still do damage, but if you get the pose correct, it'll... Okay. It'll be a critical awesome. hit. And I can awesome. imagine that that would be super funny to walk into. Imagine that park busy as everybody's at a battle station just <laughs> striking random poses. You know, yeah, this... Uh, so, sorry, go ahead, Bendy. No, I just think some of them were pretty goofy. That would be fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. So so this actually sparks a memory for me. Uh, the uh, the Dragon Quest Museum that I went to in 2016 in... Uh, in um, Shibuya, um, they had a section right near the cafe where it was screens, and uh, it was it was just these three different screens, and you go up, and uh, you have to strike the pose that the uh, the Dragon Quest monster is making. Yeah. And so, like, there's one, you know, the, you have to put your arms up or, or put your arms out like their wings if you're a Draki. Um, and, and uh, they had like the heel slime, and you have to kind of crouch down and everything. And there was this one guy doing it, holding his his baby. <laughs> and, and so he's got the baby in one arm, and he's trying to mimic it with the rest. Uh, That's pro parenting, right there. Yeah, there we go. He's he's doing it right. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I think we we talked a little bit about this uh, before, but like the boss fights that you couldn't um, uh, that you couldn't uh, record, such mm -hmm. as the Green Dragon or Zoma, was it all screen based, or were there any animatronics at all? Uh, it was mainly screen based. There were they added sensory effects like gusts of wind, um, mm -hmm. and you know, so was... actual gusts of wind are hitting yep. you. That's yep. awesome. Yeah. Um, full 3D surround sound. 3D mm -hmm. surround sound? That's not correct. But full surround sound. The screen um, had some 3D effects. So when the green dragon kind of charged at you, like the it would just look like it's right in your face. Mm -hmm. So it was it was really cool. And again, nothing nothing like I've ever done before. That's it great. was it was incredible. So you get you get taken into the room. And there's um, four or five stations. So because it was rainy that day, it wasn't busy. So we were both fortunate and unfortunate that every time we did the boss battles, we were the only ones in the room. But the rooms were quite large and there's a couple stations. So other parties can be in the same room with you, fighting Zorma with you or the Green Dragon with you. Cool. Um, and were they, were they difficult? Yeah. Yep. A little bit. Yeah. So you've got... You've got two buttons on a panel per per party member, mm -hmm. and it's uh, hit them in sequence to get the biggest damage. And you got to do it really quick, and it shows up on the screen. Um, and it's not turn based; it's real time. So time. if I didn't yeah. press anything, I'd just keep getting hit without making an attack. Yeah, it makes so sense. It was in it was incredible fun. It was incredible fun. That's nice. I saw that uh, recently, or well, semi recently, you also went to Universal Studios. And did that mm -hmm. new Mario Mario uh, World uh, attraction? How was that? That was also incredible. A lot of fun. Um, much like the Dragon Quest, the two aren't really comparable, I think, but they are in some ways. I was more immersed in the Dragon Quest Island, but the Super Nintendo World had more. I mean, you know, bigger funding and everything like that. They got a whole section of Universal Studios um, dedicated to it. But that was so much fun as well. So much fun and very interactive as well. Very interactive. And you you also get um, 
your save band. I've actually got that lying around. So in that video at the start, we buy what looks like a watch, but that's also a save band. So when we go back, you can compete daily with people at the park to try and get the most coins and try and do the most quests. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that was really cool too. Another big recommendation of mine, if you can get there. Awesome. Uh, so, so getting back to the uh, the Dragon Quest event, did you have a, f- a favorite food from the event? Oh, I liked the the meat bun that we got in the in the armory. I normally yeah, the, don't like the, the slime, meat buns. The yeah, slime the slime one. Nice. Yep, that had. You know, nice onion, a wadgy onion in it as well. Oh, wow. Cool. And Kels really loved the macarons that she got with the dessert. Yes. (laughs) That was the first time I've seen those. They were so cool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's amazing that the type of unique and creative ideas they come up with for the various Dragon Quest themed events or restaurants. Um, yeah. This is definitely the first time I saw the slime macaroons, though. That was that was really cool. Yeah. Did you did you see anything like that when you were at the VR event or um, at the Universal um, Studios? I don't remember, but I know Lu- Luida's Bar has the the uh, the slime buns, the 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 meat buns. Yeah. Um, and then they have other things too, like um, the turkey leg with the with the emblem of, of Roto on it, um, and like mini metal pizzas, which are actually not don't use pizza sauce but ketchup for some weird reason. As, oh. as Pen as Pendy usually says, uh, pizza in Asia is a dicey proposition. It, it can be it? yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dicey and in Japan's case, expensive. Oh yeah. Yeah. Japan. Japan pizza, Japanese pizza is going to cost you an arm and a leg. Oh, it's crazy. I, I don't order it often enough to, to, to really... Uh, oh, maybe I should stop ordering it so much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I noticed that uh, the cafe there in the park is actually an extension of Luida's, Luida's Bar, which I thought was amazing. I thought that was cool that they just somehow kind of got together and... and Incorporated worked. that in. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that co- collab. Mm. So basically, it's like another... It's like a mini version of Luida's Bar, but cafe form at the at the park, which I thought yeah. was really nice. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing that now. Cool. But uh, so I noticed that Kelsey has a lot of videos about the uh, various a- anime and video game cafes in Osaka. Uh, I was only in Osaka for a short while myself when, back when I went to visit. And I didn't realize there were so many of them, just like in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Do you have any particular anime or Japanese video games that you happen to be into yourself? Oh, where do we start with that? Um, <laughs> to keep it on theme on Square Enix, I'm actually a big fan of the Final Fantasy side of things. Um, so Final Fantasies, uh, Dragon Ball for games, and then for animes, I really love... Um, Hunter Hunter. Okay. And Kelsey, Kelsey loves Hunter. She loves anything anime, really. She's the anime side of it. I'm the gaming side of it. But her her love and passion at the moment is Jujutsu Kaisen, which is a relatively new anime oh, yeah. by Mappa. Yeah. yeah, she's right into that. I think she's watched it 17 times. Oh yeah, that's the same studio. I think that uh, either does it now or did before Attack on Titan. Yep, they've done the most recent season of Attack on Titan. Yeah. That's and right. they're doing Chainsaw Man as well or something like that. Okay. Not quite sure. But yeah, no, she loves it. That's awesome. So, and I noticed in Japan that they just love their themed cafes. Like you can find cat cafes, vampire themed cafes, maid cafes, owl cafes. Just, yep. There seems to be a cafe for everything. So what do you think out of all these themed cafes, do you have a favorite yourself that you found? Oh, I mean, before I moved to Japan, I was, I am a barista. I was a barista. I worked in cafes all the time. So I'm still a sucker for a nice standard cafe. Gotcha. Um, But when it comes to themes, probably the video game ones 
Um, I think we missed out on the Final Fantasy VII cafe that popped up in Osaka, oh. um, which was a shame. I would have loved to have gone to that. Um, but yeah, they're just they they really are crazy about the themes, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And so, some yeah. of them are pop ups, and some of them are mainstays. Yeah, know, like like the um uh artnia in in shinjuku that's a mainstay cafe that's both dragon quest and final fantasy themed and yeah. the square enix uh square enix cafe in um akihabara that's a mainstay yeah. uh the dragon quest themed lawson in akihabara is also a mainstay and so is that's cool luida's bar that just moved there so yeah um you definitely have the pop-ups more like the museum or mm-hmm. um and then you've got the mainstays as well uh, so you really just have to when the pop-ups come you got to go to them as soon as possible or they're gone you know i missed yeah. out on the uh dragon quest monster super light cafe i think i was about a month late on that one by the time i got to japan which is yeah, it was just gone yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, missed that I, think, too. I think tokyo has more foot traffic and attention so they can have more mainstays yeah. i don't think kels and i have come across a theme cafe in, in Osaka or Kobe that mm. um, are recurring. They always yeah. they're up for a month and then they're gone. So yep, yep. there's less mainstays our mm. end of Japan than than over in Tokyo. The only thing that I saw in Osaka that was a mainstay was they also have a Dragon Quest themed loss in there. Um, <laughs> that was hard for harder for me to find because that that the train the main train station in Osaka is really kind of difficult to navigate if you're not used to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's just a massive, massive train station. So you know you you yeah. come out of it and then you have to find your bearings and you could be completely far from where you <laughs> where yeah. you thought you were. So Osaka Station is one of those. It's as you said, you really got to get your bearings. But after a few times, the penny drops and you go, "This is actually kind of easy." Uh, but it's just because I, I it's, it's so much. <laughs> Because it's so much information off the bat, right. it is yeah, it is quite confusing. Hmm. I think there's a Square Enix cafe in Osaka too. If I'm oh, right. is there? <gasps> Maybe Kelsey's hiding these from me because she wants to keep <laughs> on, the, on the on the cute cafe theme. No, nah, that'll be a future uh, future uh, Kelsey and Brady video right I there. Yeah, I see it. yeah, I, I just I just googled it. Yeah, it, it's there. So future trip. <laughs> awesome. Oh my god. Future trip for all of us. They'll, they'll have some Final Fantasy stuff there too. Yeah. Oh, now I'm excited. Um so from from the theme parks in Japan besides the Dragon Quest one which you you mentioned in the video was uh, was was your favorite or one of your favorites um uh based on all the theme parks in Japan that you and Kelsey have visited uh do you have a favorite? Oh I mean, USJ, you can't really go wrong with, with Universal Studios, can you? Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm not a big fan of big crowds. So that, that takes some points away from USJ. So mm-hmm. I think outside of USJ and outside of Dragon Quest, Godzilla would have to be up there for me. Yeah. Is that the Godzilla one at Awaji? Yep. Yep. There's awesome. there's far less to do, but what you can do is is a lot of fun. It's a oh, lot like of fun. I saw the video there, like how you like zip line into Godzilla. That was yep. <laughs> Yeah, and then the next scene is you've got like um, little laser guns, and you have to try and shoot all of the organisms that are growing out of him. Oh, it's it's really cool. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> okay, so final question. Uh, we were, we were wondering uh, between you and Kelsey's, you know what's next on the agenda for the next big video? For the next big video, that'll be next weekend. We are going to Nagoya for a Jujutsu Kaisen spa. Oh, yep. Oh, so nice. we did an Attack on Titan Spa two months ago, um, and it's by Raku Spa, and they're doing a similar collaboration with Jujutsu Kaisen. So we're going to take a little road trip over to Nagoya and uh, 
yeah, spend a day in an onsen, maybe get some massages, mm-hmm. and we're going to film our relaxing time for everybody to be jealous about. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's the, 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 the beauty of the, of this channel as well is that you can, you know, we can't travel as extensively, you know, as foreigners, you can't travel as extensively in Japan, um, uh, as we would, you know, before the pandemic and everything. And, and hopefully all of this is over, over soon and and the travel bans and everything will be lifted and we'll be able to explore more of this stuff. But in the meantime, Mm -hmm. it is fantastic that we're able to, um, go, we're able to live vicariously through you and through these videos. And and so I I just wanted to say thank you for that. Thank you very much. That's what we aim to do. Yeah. All right. Bendy, anything else? No, that's, that's all I have. It's, but yeah, thank you uh, for coming on the show. And it's, it's been great. And all the videos have been wonderful to see all the different anime and video game themed stuff to see what there is, especially in Osaka. Like, not a, I don't think a lot, a lot of people are probably more familiar with Tokyo than they are with Osaka. But Osaka has so much to offer. And it's great to, you know, you guys are highlighting that. So that's good to see. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it for this episode of Slime Time. We do want to thank Brady for joining. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks yeah. for inviting me. It was a lot of fun to be here, actually, and talk a bit about Dragon Quest. I think I might have to go buy a game for myself and really immerse myself in the world. Yeah, definitely. If you ever need any suggestions, we're always here. So, um, so you can check out uh, Kelsey's YouTube channel, and you can also check out Brady streaming on Twitch. Um, and on, on the YouTube channel, they travel and post videos to many exciting locations and attractions in Japan, so definitely check them out. And we don't use Patreon. We're just longtime fans that want to speak about the game series we know and love so much. If you have money you would like to donate, consider heading on over to the Dragon's Den at www.woodis.com den and click on support this site. Woodis has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den DQ fan site for over 20 years and would appreciate any donation or you can use his Amazon affiliate link to make any purchases, and a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den. For any questions, comments, or to advertise with us, reach out to us at slimetimepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions or uh, comments for us, you can visit us on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slimetime. Consider joining in tons of Dragon Quest discussions at the Dragon's Den forums, one of the few remaining Dragon Quest forums still around. Find it from the Dragon's Den main page or at www.woodis.com slash forums. Or come hang out with us and tons of other rabid Dragon Quest fans at the Dragon's Den Discord server. We'd like to thank everyone that made this possible, like Woodis for support of the series and this podcast, and hosting the Dragon's Den for decades. Thanks to Amanda Laprie and the Descends of Erdrick for allowing us to use their music for our podcast. Descends of Erdrick is a video game tribute band from Austin, Texas. Check them out in their most recent album, Advent, at www.descendantsofurdrick.com or on Twitter at Erdrick. And check out Amanda Laprie streaming on Twitch. Thanks so much to Dwayne Bullock for the amazing artwork cover for this podcast. You can check out more of his work at Dwayne Art on Instagram or his website, DwayneBullockArt.BigCartel.com. And if you are looking for more Dragon Quest Slime Time, check out our earlier episodes on Dragonsen, Anchor.fm, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and more. Bye, everyone. Dragon Quest Slime Time, sliming off. <laughs>